we started with 14 teams. 14 teams. Then it became eight. Then it became four. And then it became only two. Only two teams left. Super Bowl 58, 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And we are pumped about it here at Pigskin Frenzy. We're covering that game Sunday. We are rocking and rolling, and we are ready for our little, our first ever Super Bowl Frenzy episode. With that being said, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful and kind of chilly but also really excited Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL covers presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below, Podbean, Spotify, and Apple. All you have to do, just share around on there and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, Facebook, all you got to do, guys, Type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like each page. Uh, you will get episode updates. Guys, you will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football on the X platform. You will get Instagram trivia questions on your stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, we are rocking and rolling. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl weekend. I'm excited about it. Niners, Chiefs. We're going to get into that game. We're going to break that game down at the conclusion of this episode, but we're going to talk about a little bit about the Pro Bowl and recap a little bit of the events and who won the events and uh, who won overall this season in the Pro Bowl. We're also going to talk about the coaching vacancies around the league. Uh, there's you know, been some... I would some some big moves, I would say, some pretty decent moves around the league that may impact and shake up some things in the NFL. Then we're gonna, you know, dive deep into each team, San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs season. We're gonna recap their seasons, then we're gonna preview and predict and look ahead to Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday. Guys, keep rocking and rolling with this episode. Pigskin frenzy. Episode 96, we're at 96. We're about to be at the 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Can you believe it? Guys, keep plugging in on all platforms. Uh, for YouTube, watch on there, subscribe and comment on there, and like each episode. Audio, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Also, Amazon. I know a lot of people that are using their Amazon Alexa. Hopefully, it did not go off just a minute ago, but... A lot of people are using their Amazon Alexa and their Echoes. Um, just, just keep listening on there as well. Uh, all you got to do is say, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of Pigskin Frenzy, and it will play it for you either through Amazon Music and and or iHeartRadio. So listen on there. Keep plugging in on all social platforms for Pigskin Frenzy as well. Guys, let's get rocking and rolling. Let's talk about this Pro Bowl for a little bit. I, I may have gotten some of it wrong, but not a whole, whole lot. I didn't really cover it per se that much, but I did the best that I could. All right. So, uh, for the precision passing, this was Thursday precision passing the opening round, CJ Stroud, and Baker Mayfield representing both the AFC and NFC respectively, uh, both advanced to the final round. They had the highest scores in the opening rounds, Stroud and Mayfield. And then in the final round, Baker Mayfield won the event for the NFC. So the, the precision passing goes to the NFC and the NFC got a score of three to nothing, over the AFC, the high stakes matchup, uh, you know, the most punts uh, from a jugs machine. Uh, that is what the high stakes matchup is. The AFC won that and took that and made and tied it up to 3-3. Closest to the pin, which is a golf accuracy competition, uh, the NFC won that and they are 6-3. to three. The snapshots, which is the long snappers, the NFC won the event. Uh, Andrew DePola led the NFC with nine points. So NFC's got nine to three on the AFC as we speak there. So for dodgeball, uh, it was played by four teams of five players representing defense and offense selections from each conference. And the events took place over two games that were both counted for points. Uh, they both got points. The score was NFC 12, AFC 6. Sunday happened and Sunday rolled around for the, for the last bit of Pro Bowl games. Kick-tack-toe. 
and the this got AFC on the board, like I said, because I mean it's it's Justin Tucker. How are you going to compete against Justin Tucker? AFC nine, NFC twelve, uh, flag football. The first quarter of the flag football was AFC twenty one, NFC nineteen. AFC took the lead overall in the Pro Bowl, moved the chains. Uh, NFC took that one and got a point out of that one. NFC leads twenty two. Out of the AFC's 21. Flag football, second quarter, their second flag football game. The AFC won that one. They outscored them 26-14, and the NFC is 36, AFC 47. Madden head-to-head, and this is a big one because a lot of guys, and including myself, I, guys, if you don't know me, I'm 23. I am a video game player. I like playing video games. I still got a PlayStation downstairs uh, and uh, where I'm at in my set. And, you know, I, I have a PlayStation with me, all right? So PlayStation, uh, you know, playing Madden is, you know, a fun thing for me and playing the NCAA college ball games were a fun thing for me. So I appreciate the Madden head-to-head, all right? Even though I didn't cover the Pro Bowl as much, I appreciate the Madden head-to-head. So the Madden head-to-head happened. AFC, uh, the NFC uh, won this one. It was AFC 47, NFC 39, but the NFC was still down. Uh, but here we go. Let's see. The Gridiron Gauntlet, race one, NFC won that one, 47-42. The best catch, NFC won that one as well with Puka Nakua and David uh, Puka Nakua. Be out David Nujoku for best catch. Gridiron Gauntlet, race two, NFC won that one as well, 48-47. The NFC in the uh, for the third quarter of the flag football outscored the AFC 7-6, NFC 55, AFC 53. There's a tug of war tug of war competition and the AFC uh it looks like the well the NFC won a 2-0 sweep the NFC won a 2-0 sweep and then in the fourth quarter finally the a- the NFC beat the AFC 64-59 and the overall score was at the end of the whole Pro Bowl games NFC 64 AFC 59, Eli Manning and the NFC beat Peyton Manning in the AFC once again. They did it back-to-back years. Let's see what happens next year if they are going to be coaching. And if they are coaching, which I highly expect they would because it's a good rivalry, at least for fun purposes. It's a good rivalry. And I think it needs to continue. I think it'd be fun. It's fun for the competition aspect of it. Eli has quite frankly, said that he was better at coaching than Peyton Manning. That's not a knock on me saying about anything about Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. But I think it was quite humorous that 2-0, and and Eli's talking a little bit of trash there. So I thought that was quite humorous. NFC wins. They win the Pro Bowl games, and they are the Pro Bowl winners back-to-back years for the NFL seasons for 2023 and 2024. Let's see what 2025 has in store for us uh, next season for the Pro Bowl games. Now, let's talk about going something going on around the league and other news going on around the league, which is the coaching vacancies and latest searches going on. Uh, I honestly... Uh, I'm intrigued by some of these hires and acquisitions. I think that, quite frankly, these are some good, these are, these are some decent hires. So the Commanders, and this is a big one coming out of Washington, the Commanders have hired Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as their next head coach. Dan Quinn was over in Atlanta as a head coach. He then uh, had a couple of stints at Seattle as a DC. Then he went to the Cowboys. Uh, he was rumored for the head coaching job for the Seattle Seahawks, but Dan Quinn ended up going to the Washington Commanders. He is their next head coach. Uh, and Eric Benimi is no longer the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. They have selected a new OC, and the Commanders have hired former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury to be their next offensive coordinator. So his staff in Washington is coming along quite nicely. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see in the draft if they pick a quarterback or if they're going to stick with their guns and start Sam Howell and then draft a wide receiver and get Sam Howell some help. Uh, Are they going to continue developing Sam Howell, or are they just going to completely rebrand and go with a different quarterback for the future in Washington? That's going to be a very interesting thing there to see, to see what Dan Quinn and Cliff uh, Cliff Kingsbury do down in Washington. Uh, It's going to be an interesting thing. For Cliff Kingsbury, he was honestly about to go to the Las Vegas Raiders as their offensive coordinator. Antonio Pierce was set to hire him. The deal fell through, 
And I thought that was quite interesting. The deal fell through. He is no he was no longer in consideration. And then he took the commander's job instead. So I guess he wanted to go to Washington under Dan Quinn. I think uh, it's a good move. I think he's a great offensive coordinator, a great play caller. If you look at what Cliff, uh, what Kingsbury has done and what Cliff has done, uh, not just listen, not just in the NFL. He he's had some bright moments in the NFL. He may have not been a solid head coach overall in the NFL and or you know. Or, you know, for the Cardinals in general. But when you look at what he's done, even at Texas Tech and what he did in college, he was a he's a pretty good play caller. He's a good mastermind. He learned from one of the best offensive masterminds uh, in football and in college football for sure, and Mike Leach. So he, uh, he, he is a good play caller, and I am very, very intrigued to see what he does at, at Washington. Will it work out? Don't know. You know, will it? You know, will will it not work out? Who knows? I mean, you can't really answer if it will or not work out. You just got to see what happens come August and come September. Uh, mainly come September. That's when the regular season is for the NFL. But come September, and we just got to see what happens there with Cliff Kingsbury and the Washington Commanders. So, uh, good hires on both ends. Let's see what happens between the two teams or the two coaches on the same team. My bad. For the Las Vegas Raiders, speaking of the Las Vegas Raiders, they have found, officially found this time, their offensive coordinator. Former Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze has been hired by the Las Vegas Raiders to be their next offensive coordinator. I'm kind of curious about this one. Uh, I'm trying to see what their offense can look like under Luke Getze. I think the Bears showed a little bit of promise under Getze, a little bit, but not to the point where it was going to lead him to a, a championship title or anything like that. Uh, if you want my honest thoughts, I, I think Getsy's a good hire. Is he going to be the correct hire for what the what the Raiders are trying to do in the AFC West and what they're trying to do in the AFC and in the NFL as a whole? I don't know that answer just yet. Now, a big need for them is probably going to be quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, it seems like they are not really on board with Jimmy Garoppolo starting as their quarterback. Don't know what's going to happen with that situation yet, but they kind of seem like they need a quarterback besides Aiden O'Connell because Aiden O'Connell hasn't, wasn't been, or hasn't been over time as he played half and majority of the season as the quarterback. He didn't really pick up a whole lot in the passing game. So are they going to choose another quarterback? Are they going to try to rebrand like the commanders are doing and get a quarterback up in Las Vegas? I don't know that. Only time will tell, and April will be the time to tell it. But I think it's an interesting hire they got Luke Getze in there just because he tried to develop Justin Fields and work with Justin Fields. Let's see what happens here, and let's see what Las Vegas does, especially at the quarterback spot and especially on offense. I'm very curious to see what happens with the Las Vegas Raiders. They hire Bear, all, former Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze to be their next offensive coordinator. Uh, the Chargers are hiring Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter to be their next defensive coordinator. A familiar face for Jim Harbaugh, guys. A familiar face. He was the defensive coordinator under Michigan last season during the national championship run Jim Harbaugh put together at Michigan. So Jesse Minter will follow Jim Harbaugh to the Los Angeles Chargers and be the Chargers defensive coordinator. And let me tell you what you're getting out of Jesse Minter, a brilliant and physical play caller when it comes to the defensive side of things. He knows how he knows how to line up the defensive defensive front and make them be physical, which I think they need when you got guys like Joey Bosa, when you got guys like Khalil Mack. Uh, he knows how to uh, man up with his safeties and defensive backs, Derwin James, Asante Samuel, you name it. He knows what to do uh, when it comes to being physical and playing uh, and, and playing a, a little bit of a, you know, pass – Type of type, pat like a like a pass man type of coverage, like a hybrid type of coverage, uh, that really lines up with physicality and manning up on your opponent, right? So, um, I, I feel like Jesse Minter is a good choice for a lot of reasons, and it's to 
fix the passing defense for one, but also bring a little bit more physicality to the Los Angeles Chargers defense. So I really like this hire for the Chargers, uh, and he falls into Los Angeles. Uh, And the thing is, the Chargers, like I said, could have been so much more. I said this. They could have been so much more than they actually were. And I'm glad that they made the right decision by getting Jim Harbaugh as the head coach and getting a defensive coordinator in Jesse Minter. What's going to happen on the OC spots and what's going to happen on the offensive side of things, I don't know yet. But only time will tell and see what Jim Harbaugh does for the Los Angeles Chargers. Two more hires, and we will get to showcasing these two teams. The Seahawks have hired Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald to be their next head coach up in Seattle. Big hire there. The Ravens were top five in defense this year. Uh, Seattle needs a little bit of that spark back on defense to how they used to play on defense. Seattle's defense used to be really, really physical. Uh, They were almost hated around the National Football League because of how tough and physical and strong they were. Uh, Mike McDaniel's going to look to bring that back in Seattle. And with the players that they got now, they could very well do that. They should add a little bit more on the defensive side of things if you're Mike McDaniel or Mike McDonald and the Seattle Seahawks. So Mike McDonald, next head coach, Ravens, former, Ravens, former Ravens defensive coordinator now for the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are hiring Jay Harbaugh, son of Chargers head coach Jim Harbaugh, to be their next special teams coordinator. I think it's a good hire. I think the special teams uh, were a little bit, of, a little bit of you know of a tiny bit of a concern for the Seattle Seahawks. Getting a good and solid special teams coordinator in Jay Harbaugh in there. Uh, more Harbaugh's coming to the league. Uh, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a decent hire. And I think Mike McDaniel, you know, has a relationship with John and Jim. So why not? I think it's a, it's a good hire for Mike, McDan- for Mike McDonald. Uh, and I think it's, you know, Interesting to see what Seattle Seahawks, you know, do in the NFC West and in the NFC. So I'm curious to see what they do. I really am. I'm curious to see what Mike McDonald brings uh, to the Seattle Seahawks and see what he does up there. Let's see if they're underrated. Let's see what they what they bring offensively. I'm very curious to see how they look defensively now that McDonald is there as their next head coach. So they hire Mike McDonald from the Ravens and they get Jay Harbaugh uh, from Michigan and who was supposed to go to the Los Angeles Chargers with his with his dad uh, to be their next special teams coordinator. So that's a lot of the coaching vacancies around the league and a lot of what's going on now. Um, I think it's officially closed. I think a lot of the coaching hires have already been made and vacancies have been filled up besides a few coordinator spots. We're going to get on that and we are going to talk about that and cover that um, as we, you know, you know, keep going here on pigskin frenzy throughout the all season as well. And real quick, because I didn't, I didn't really add this to the list. Super Bowl Sunday, Pigskin Frenzy NFL injury report: Joe Tunney out with a pectoral strain. He will not be playing. Jerry McKinnon will be playing. Uh, he he will be playing his first game since December. With, you know, after suffering a groin injury, and he will be back for the Chiefs Sunday. So that's it. That's pretty much all, pretty much it for the Chiefs. Uh, for the 49ers, not a whole lot of injuries. I think everybody will be on tap to play Sunday for the San Francisco 49ers. Let's showcase these two teams. Let's talk about these two teams before we preview and predict Super Bowl 58 because I'm excited about this game. Uh, we literally, and in my head, uh, I, I had a feeling that the Niners were going to get there. Uh, I did. Uh, I was, but b- besides one, I picked the Lions to beat the Niners because I didn't know if they could play a, a sixty-minute game or not. I didn't know if Brock Purdy was going to play consistent enough because in the Packers game they didn't show me much. I was worried about it a little bit until in the second half, Brock Purdy got rid of those game manager allegations. We can't hate on Brock Purdy, guys. Don't hate on him. And they got going and clicking on offense and defensive side of things. And they beat the Lions for the win the NFC Championship. Uh, for the Chiefs, it's one of those things when you look at them, it's like, man, I, I honestly thought that it was going to be kind of tough to call with them because of depending on how they played throughout the season. It, they showed signs of being a team that was going to lose maybe in the divisional round of the playoffs or even the wild card round of the playoffs. 
but they turned it up a notch. They showed why Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in our generation, the best quarterback in our league, and why at the drop of a hat, led by Patrick Mahomes, a snap of the fingers, they all turn it up a notch. The receivers start catching footballs. They become a championship football team, and they come alive. So it's it's unbelievable. It's almost Tom Brady-esque in a way. So it's it's quite remarkable on how both of these teams got here. First off, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and let's talk about uh you know their path because these two teams had different paths. They really did. They had different paths. For the Kansas City Chiefs, they opened up because they are the defending Super Bowl champions. This is they're they're going back to back here. This is, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They won in Arizona last season against the Eagles in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Uh, I went to the parade. It was quite awesome. Uh, I don't know if they win. If I'm going to make a trip up there or not this season, but it's quite remarkable uh, if you think about it uh, and how they have made it back. First off, Thursday, September Seventh, Twenty Twenty Three, was the kickoff the opening game of you know the opening game and the opening you know season ticket the kickoff for football who was in it the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs we all thought that they were going that it was going to be an opening game like the opening game uh Detroit going to Arrowhead for the first time in 20 years to play the Kansas City Chiefs we thought, honestly, and I thought this too, that the Chiefs were going to win that game because I really didn't know what Detroit was about. I didn't know what Kansas City was. You know, I thought Kansas City was going to bleed in to what they had last season over to this season. Was I wrong? Drops. Uh, you know, not playing physical up front. Uh, the run game was kind of neutralized. Uh, they didn't have uh, an elite receiver until Rashi uh, Rice later on in the season. Kelsey was out. Kelsey did not play that game. He was hurt. The whole game plan, the whole game plan was, you know, completely ruptured because Kelsey was out. He was out. He was, the whole the whole game plan was just completely ruptured. Uh, final score of that game was 20 to 19. The Detroit Lions defeated the Chiefs in Arrowhead. We found out that the Lions were for real. We found out that the Chiefs looked like they needed some work to do. Uh, Kelsey ended up playing against the Jaguars. They won their next game against the Jaguars. And it was kind of up and down from there on their schedule. Going from, you know, you know, from a loss to the Lions to a, a solid win, a solid win against the, you know, you know, for, for the Jaguars. They were 17 9. The Bears, they put the Bears 41-10 week three. The Bears, they beat the Bears. In Arrowhead, they go to MetLife in week four. And by the way, guys, uh, around week three is when the rumors started. The rumors were swirling. And it was a, a, swir a swirling rumors. And you're going to be like, dude, are you seriously talking about this right now? I am going to talk about it because it, it affects how they play. It affected how they play. Um, the rumors were swirling about Taylor Swift, Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter, the best pop artist, the best singer-songwriter right now in our generation. Taylor Swift started dating the best tight end in our league, Travis Kelsey. And uh, the rumors were, in fact, true. Kelsey got her number with a bracelet in Arrowhead at her concert during the summer in Kansas City. They started dating, and she went to the Bears game. Uh, she was there at the Bears game. Then she went to the Jets game in MetLife, and they won that game too. Controversial holding call, by the way. Uh, Zach Wilson had an, had an awakening almost due to the injury of Aaron Rodgers for the Jets. They won that game. They beat the Vikings, uh, and Taylor Swift was not at that game due to 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 uh, you know her heiress tour obligations. Uh, we go back to the Broncos, and uh, the Broncos they won that game at Arrowhead on Thursday Night Football. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, guys, you know, one and one, I mean, you look at their schedule, they're four, they're five and one at this point, six and one at this point. Uh, they go to the Chargers, they beat the Chargers week seven, they're six and one. And then it started happening around late October. 
the Chiefs started, but they, they were on a roll for a, a good bit, and they started playing really, really well, you know. But but then it's when they started getting cold. They were hot and cold, and that's when they started getting cold. Week eight, Mahomes ended up coming down with the flu. Had one of the not one of the best games of his career. It was, in fact, honestly, I called and I called it like this: probably one of the worst games I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play ever. It was nine to twenty-four. The Broncos got their first win against the Chiefs in eight seasons. In eight years, that was their first win in mile, in mile High in Denver, Colorado. The Denver Broncos beat the Chiefs. Snowy weather, cold environment, and it was, you know, a flu game for Mahomes, and he did not play well. 9-24 loss there. They go to Germany after, uh, uh, they go to Germany, and they end up playing the Dolphins. They end up playing the Miami Dolphins and winning by a touchdown. Not the prettiest game. Uh, second half was not the best. It started not becoming the best for the Chiefs because they didn't. They don't score any points in the second half. They it, they got to a common theme where they were not scoring in the second half. They were doing good in the first half, but they didn't finish their game strong. They still won that game, twenty one fourteen. They had a bye week after that. They played the Eagles. Uh, around you know Thanksgiving week, a Monday night Monday night football going into Thanksgiving week, uh, they were leading in the first half. They collapsed in the second half. They were dropping footballs. Mahomes couldn't find open men. Uh, they weren't playing physical up front, and the Eagles beat them 21-17 in Arrowhead in the Super Bowl 57 rematch. The Eagles won that one. Uh, they just weren't playing the best of their abilities. They played the Raiders, and they played actually a little bit better. 31-17, got the win there. Um, and then it became evident again. It was just, you know... It was a hot. It was a cold day for him again in Lambeau Field. The Packers, uh, granted, the Packers held like it was nobody's business. Did the Chiefs hold? Yes, they do. But the this was clear and blatant holding. Uh, but the Packers, they let it go on the Packers, and the Packers beat the beat the Chiefs 27-19. Guys were dropping footballs. They weren't catching it. Uh, they weren't in a rhythm, and they just seemed really distracted. And same thing with the Bills. They played the Bills 2017. Uh, they lost that game due to Kadarius Tony being offsides on offense because they were going to win that game despite a you know a great lateral from Travis Kelsey to Kadarius Tony for a touchdown. But an offensive offsides happened, and the Chiefs lost that game. Uh, they won against the Patriots, but they did not play the best. They played kind of cold. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a couple of picks, uh, you know, turned the ball over a little bit. It was, an, it was a sloppy game overall by both teams, but the, the, the Chiefs beat the Patriots in Gillette Stadium 27-17. Christmas happened, and the Chiefs played a very sloppy game on Christmas. They, they lost to the Raiders in Arrowhead 14-20. Not the best look. Uh, they didn't play the best game against the Bengals either, but they got the win, 25-17. Uh, Chargers, they beat the Chargers 13-12, uh, but all their guys were, you know, sitting. So it was, you know, quite interesting, you know, to say the least, looking at it. But you think I'm hating on the Chiefs, but I'm not. It was hot and cold throughout the year. I thought, in my honest thoughts, they were distracted by the Taylor Swift noise, distracted by the starstruck, we're the Chiefs, no one can beat us mentality. I think they woke up. I think they realized that, hey, we're in the playoffs, and we we're, we are lucky to be in the playoffs at the number three seed at the, th at the third spot, and we're lucky to have a uh, home game week one uh, against the Miami Dolphins we need to wake up and not let, play some football and not get distracted by all the, noise, the outside noise. Patrick Mahomes turned it up a notch, and he turned it up a notch, and he's proven everybody proven everybody right now while, why you really can't doubt him and why he is a championship quarterback and he is in the conversation of being one of the greatest to ever do this at an early age, at 28, at an early age. It's unbelievable. Beat the Dolphins 26-7 in a frigid cold game for both teams. Uh, both teams were suffering at the end of this game because they were really cold. Uh, Miami, their game plan collapsed because of, of that weather and because of that environment. 26-7, Dolphins couldn't have an answer for the Chiefs. They played the Bills in the divisional round. I picked the Chiefs to win that game because I thought they looked really good against Miami. 
But I just think about the history just tends to repeat itself when it comes to Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in playoff games. So final score of that one was 27-24. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Bills in the divisional playoff after Tyler Bass missed a field goal to tie the game up. Quite remarkable, honestly, quite remarkable um, uh, for the Bills and for the in that game. And it was in Highmark Park. It was in uh, Orchard Park. It was a road game for Mahomes. Uh, it was Mahomes' first road playoff game uh, in his career. And what was quite remarkable about that is everybody was saying, oh, he didn't play a road playoff game. He actually, if you, if you count besides the Super Bowl, it actually, I mean, if you don't count the Super Bowl, it was his first road playoff. It was his first road playoff game since then. But he actually had a road playoff game. He just doesn't like to talk about it too much. Super Bowl 55. And it was with the Buccaneers. In, in Tampa Bay, a home Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Chiefs, and they lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers going into the in the 2020-2021 season. So, I mean, what, I mean, what can you say? You know. So uh, then, I honestly thought this was going to be it for the Chiefs. I thought the ball, I thought the Baltimore Ravens were going to end up you know, winning it because of their dangerous run game. I think the Chiefs were going into an environment that was hostile. I think the Ravens have been the best team of the year, you know, by far. And I thought it was going to be it for the Chiefs. The Chiefs showed and proved me and everybody else wrong why you don't doubt Patrick Mahomes in about six straight AFC Championship games. At 28 years old, this man has six straight AFC Championship games uh, with Kelsey, taking Kelsey to the top with him, taking Isaiah Pacheco to the top with him. Pacheco had a good game. The Chiefs as a whole played really physical up front on both sides of the ball. The Ravens just completely abandoned their game plan, and they beat the Ravens 17-10 to win their six straight, uh, to win a, uh, sorry, for Mahomes to win his fourth AFC Championship and go to his fourth Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers in Las Vegas. So that was a recap pretty much of their whole season. You didn't think they were going to be there as the defending champions, but just when you think they just when you think Mahomes was out, Godfather reference, ready for this, they pull him back in. They pull him back in and he is in the Super Bowl. It's hard to doubt him. He's in it for his fourth Super Bowl, and hopefully his, I mean, maybe, we'll see. I'm not going to say hopefully or not, but his third Super Bowl win could be near, and it could happen Sunday. So that was the Kansas City Chiefs season in a nutshell, full of up and down. Uh, can they catch the football to, we just made it to the Super Bowl, and Taylor Swift is joining the team as a, you know, as, as a big fan base. The Swifty and Chiefs kingdoms collide, and big distraction Full of uh, close nail-biting losses and uh, games that you expect them not to lose, but at the same time, you didn't really expect them to win out and make and make and win in the AFC and make it, but they did. So the Chiefs are in it, and that was pretty much their season in a nutshell. The same can't be really said for the Niners, though. The Niners, if we want to show, well, since we're going to showcase this team now, the Niners started off their season undefeated. Uh, and I'm going to still say this. I said this, you know, quite honestly. I think they are one of the best teams and the most complete teams in the league. I really do. I think the most complete teams in the league. Uh, I still think that. George Kittle, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Nick, Bo uh, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, uh, Chavarius Mooney Ward, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, you you name it. Their roster is loaded. Their roster is too is too talented. How their season ended last year, they said to themselves, "Nah, no, we ain't gonna go. We ain't gonna do this. We gonna we're gonna go back and do what we can to make it." Uh, they, to, uh, let's just go over what they what they've lost. Twenty twenty one. They made it in twenty nineteen. Going into the twenty twenty season, they lost the Super Bowl to. Guess who? The team they're playing Sunday in Miami in Super Bowl 54, Kansas City Chiefs. They're playing the Chiefs again in 58 Sunday. That's hint, hint, and a trivia question there uh, for today. Tw Super Bowl rematch. So, 
2021, uh, they they missed the next season. They missed. They they did not have a good record. They missed the next season. But then they built and built and built, and they turned it up a notch. Uh, they go to the NFC Championship against the Los Angeles Rams, and they lost that one in heartbreaking fashion in LA. Then they go and play the Eagles in the NFC Championship in 2022 last season, and they lost in a dominant and they lost in a dominating fashion. There, heartbreak again. And you're and you're wondering, are they they made it back again? Are they going to win out? Are they going to? Is this when are they going to win one with a team that they got? When are they going to win one? When's the time? And it's hard to say because it's you know Kyle Shanahan has a history of losing these type of close games, losing losing these type of championship games. He did it. Like a lot of guys, I don't like to mention this, but he did it against the Patriots, twenty eight three, when he was the Falcons' offensive coordinator. 28-3 happened. The Patriots ended up coming back and winning in overtime and beating the Falcons to win Super Bowl 50-51. And it was tough, man. It was real tough. Super Bowl 51, Falcons lost. And it was tough. Now the Niners, it happened It happened again in Super Bowl 54 against the, against the Chiefs. It happened against the Rams. It's happened against the Eagles. And you're thinking to yourself, when are they going to win one? They weren't playing around. Brock Purdy became the starting quarterback late last season and ended up showcasing his talents on why he was going to help lead this team to a title. So let's kick it off. I mean, let's kick it off with the Niners. I mean, their their season, undefeated, not duplicated, undefeated. Guys, Beat the Steelers 30-7 week one. Played a nail-biting win in Los Angeles. 20, or I'm sorry, 30-23, 2-0. Both of these games, guys, on the road. They go back home for week three on Thursday Night Football on Prime, 30-12 against the Giants. They're beating teams. And not only beating teams, they're dominating teams, just like the Eagles did Last year, and just like the Ravens did this season, Cardinals, they beat the Cardinals in Levi Stadium, week four, 35-16, no problems. They are undefeated. One, uh, you know, week one win, and they're 2-0 and against the against the Rams, week two, week three, 3-0 and Cardinals. Week four, 4-0. and 5-0 and against the Cowboys. The Cowboys had the dominant defense. We all said that the Cowboys going into week five had the best defense in the NFL, and they did. They got humbled really quick in Levi Stadium. 42-10, the Niners beat the Cowboys. They're 5-0. and And then it started to hit a little bit. The injury started to plague them. A lot of guys did not play in the Browns game week six. They go to Cleveland, and they lost by two points. 19-17, the Browns upset them because of some of the injuries and some of the, you know, what happened there for the Niners. They play the Vikings on Monday Night Football. A lot of guys are still beat up here. Uh, they did not have Trent Williams. They lost this game, 17-22. They had two losses on their record. And uh, by the time they were there, they're, let's see, they're 5-0. and They become 5-2. and And then you look at it and you're like, oh, what's happening with the Niners, man? What's going on? They were doing really good. 5-0. and Now they're 5-2 and and they're collapsing. They play the Bengals in Levi Stadium. Joe Burrow ends up you know, putting up 200-plus yards on, you know, the Niners, and the Bengals ended up beating them 31-17. They lost. The Bengals out-physicaled them in Levi Stadium, and the Niners were still beat up. Debo, you know, they need that rest. They need The Niners they needed a rest. They were 5-3, and three, need a rest, and, and it was just kind of hard because you're thinking to yourself, are they really the best team? Because at the time, I was saying to myself, they're the best team in the league right now. And then they lost three games. The pigskin frenzy curse, that's what we're going to call it. They had a bye week, and it was a much-needed bye week because they got all their guys back. They ended up beating the Jaguars 34-3. to I said the Jaguars were going to upset them. That began the collapse for the Jaguars. Let's not talk about the Jaguars. They're not involved. But then the Niners started picking up more wins. When healthy, this team is one of the best, if not the best team in the league, because they're the most complete team on all sides of the football in the NFL. They beat the Buccaneers. Week 11, they beat the Seahawks. Week 12, week 13, they blew out. And I'm not talking about, 
You know, they go back-to-back road games, and they blew out the Eagles in Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. 42-19, they blew out the Eagles. That began the collapse for the Eagles right there. The Seahawks beat the Seahawks again in Levi Stadium. They won against the Cardinals again, and they started picking up win after win after win until Christmas rolled around. They played in what could have been a preview to Super Bowl 58 in Levi Stadium on Christmas. Ravens at 49ers. Uh, the Niners were not ready for this. Brock Purdy had a very down game, and he threw four interceptions. And it was 1933. The Ravens defeated the 49ers, and they were thinking to yourselves, okay, let's just pump the brakes a little bit on the 49ers. The Niners just needed to play a little bit better. They beat the Commanders, got some revenge on New Year's Eve. Then their last game of the regular season, uh, they lost. They sat majority of their players. They already clinched the number one seed anyway. So by Christmas, the number one seed was in, in hand, and it was the 49ers, and they already won the NFC West anyway. So they go to the divisional round, and they play the Packers, and then you look at the Packers, and you're looking at that game, and you're thinking, huh, the Packers are giving it everything they got, but the Niners are kind of sleeping just a little bit because the Packers were in firm control of that game up until the last two minutes of that football game. Two-minute drill happened. Brock Purdy defeating the, the allegations again, winning 24-21, and Christian McCaffrey running it into the end zone. They defeated the Packers to go face the Lions in the NFC Championship game. I picked the Lions to win because I honestly thought history tends to repeat itself sometimes. Uh, but the thing is, with the Niners, when you look at it, you think, man, it does need to repeat itself. But at the same time, they're still a good football team. They're still a really good football team. So let's just, let's hold on for a little bit. Let's keep watching the NFC Championship. Let's keep watching it. The Lions dominated the first half. Dominated the first half. George Kittle, and like I said, George Kittle had the most up confidence in his team. He told everybody on the sidelines, and this is, go look it up, told Brock Purdy, he said, man, we're going to get up on that stage at the end of this game, and I'm going to tell everybody they had us in the first half, not going to lie. And he looked at Brock Purdy, and Purdy was thinking to himself, what is this guy talking about? He encouraged him. He said, keep playing. Let's keep playing this game. This game ain't over yet. George Kittle kept blocking Purdy and the rest of the Niner gang, as they call themselves, the faithful, as they also call themselves, kept rocking and kept running the ball, kept throwing the ball, kept playing on all cylinders, and the Lions just collapsed. Christian McCaffrey played a lights-out second half, and they won. They beat the Lions 34-31. They get finally get another NFC championship and finally go back to their first Super Bowl since 2020 and since Super Bowl 54. Super Bowl 58, the Niners go back, and they have been consistently in it since then. So the Niners go back, and they are ready to face the Chiefs, and they are trying to rewrite history. They are trying to get Kyle Shanahan his first Super Bowl as a coach, and they're trying to get their first Super Bowl in a very long time, since the 80s almost. So it's been it's been a long time since the Niners have had have held a Lombardi trophy. And we're gonna see what happens here coming up Sunday. Those were the showcases for both teams and a recap for both teams' seasons. And now we get into preview and prediction time. We get into what we've been waiting for, right? What I've been wanting to talk about, the game itself, Super Bowl 58, 49ers versus the Chiefs. The the showcasing is done. The time for talk is about to be over. We're going to preview and predict this game and look ahead for this game. Uh, big key here for the Niners and what the Niners need to do against the Chiefs. They need to figure out a way, and I'm going to keep saying this as I've said it a lot, figure out a way to limit the weapons for Patrick Mahomes and this team. Rashi Rice has become a dangerous threat in in this offense, not only that, you still got Travis Kelsey as a dynamic threat in the red zone for sure, but on the offense period. Oh, uh, he is a dynamic threat to short slip passes into making something happen and turning it into a big game. So uh two big game, two big guys there. You try to limit both of those guys, and you're gonna you're gonna want to try to figure out a way to and this is not just on the ground, but in the in the passing attack too, want a way to Going to want to find a way to limit Isaiah Pacheco as well. Pacheco is a solid back. He's been a solid back for going on his second season, going on another year now. Pacheco's been really dominant for this team. Try to figure out a way to limit him, limit him because he's a, he's a weapon. He is a weapon for this team. So try to figure out a way to limit him 
as well. So that's a big key here for the 49ers uh, to try to play some perfect defense, try to physically beat the Chiefs up front and limit some of these weapons and try to neutralize some of them and put a little bit of pressure on Mahomes, just a tiny bit of pressure on Mahomes. They all have the team to try to do this. And uh, can it be done? Maybe. So let's see what happens Sunday. I think it's a big key for the San Francisco 49ers there to try to limit those weapons there. For the Chiefs, big, big thing here. And that's slow the running game down because I'm still strung up on the divisional round what happened with the Bills. If you go back and watch what the Bills did to them on the ground, the Bills on the ground throughout this postseason have dominated the run uh, or have been dominating them on the dominating them on the ground. There's been no team other than the Bills that has dominated dominated them on the ground like the Bills have. The Niners are a team that can do that, especially with who they got in the backfield. They got the best running back in the league in Christian McCaffrey. They also got a dynamic back in Elijah Mitchell as well, rotating in and out with him, but mainly Christian McCaffrey. So for the Chiefs, you got to slow that rushing attack down for the Niners. I think the Niners can win the ball, win the game uh, if they play physical up front and they run the ball on the Chiefs and run it down their throats. I think if they run it down their throats, it's going to be hard to stop Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey is going to get his yards. He is going to play well in this game because of what happens, uh, you know, what he does, not only through the air, but what he does on the ground as well. He has become a very good, versatile runner. He's, he's an all-purpose yards back, but he has become, he, and he's always been a good running back, just pure runner. But even so with the Niners, he's become a very good, just pure runner with this team, not just through the air. So slow down the rushing attack. That's a big one for if you're the Chiefs. And overall, for this game, I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to be a game to where you look at it and you think this is going to be a very solid Super Bowl. Uh, and it's a Super Bowl that, you know, I really wanted to see. And it's going to be a game that a lot of people said they didn't want to see at first, but it turns into something they did want to see. It, a lot of people do not want to see Taylor Swift there because of what's been going on and the distractions with the media and the NFL. Guys, don't hate on the love there. That's They love each other. They like each other a lot. Or leave the relationship aspect out of it. I get it. It's a little bit tiring. I understand that. But... Let's talk about the game here. The focus on the game here, and let's be truthful to ourselves. Who do I have winning this ball game? Who do I have winning the Super Bowl? Who do I have winning Super Bowl Fifty Eight and being the defending Super Bowl champions going into the twenty twenty four season and ending the season on top as champions? I think the Niners are a solid football team. I think and honestly thought they were going to be here. I really did. I, I had my in my heart. Besides that one game, besides that one game against the Detroit Lions, I honestly thought throughout the whole season that they were really going to be here. I thought they were the most complete team in the NFL. I still do. Uh, and who they got on their team is just solid. But when it comes down to it, and what I think it's going to come down to is quarterback play and who wants it more in that area. You cannot deny Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to deny him. I'm not going to deny him. The Chiefs are going to win this ball game. I honestly think that the Niners are going to come close. They're going to cover this game, but history is going to repeat itself. History is going to repeat itself just like in Super Bowl 40, uh, 54, just like in all the NFC Conference title games. It's going to repeat itself for Kyle Shanahan, unfortunately. Good coach, but I think the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are just too, I think Mahomes are too good. I think the Chiefs, we've underestimated them a little bit. I think they're good. I think Kansas City is going to win back-to-back Super Bowls like the Patriots did way back in the day and like Tom Brady did way back in the day. Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. He wins Super Bowl 58. He even gets Super Bowl MVP. I think he will get MVP this year, and I think he will do that. Uh, I think Kelsey will come close, but I think Patrick Mahomes will get MVP once again and he will be a third, a three-time Super Bowl champion, and he will get his third ring. Chiefs, 24, 49ers, 17. Chiefs, 24, 49ers, 17. The Chiefs go back-to-back, -back and they become Super Bowl champions again, and they win Super Bowl 58, and Mahomes gets his third ring. You just can't deny Patrick Mahomes, and it's hard. It's really hard. 
I think Brock Purdy and the Niners are a good team. I think they're still the most complete team overall. I think overall, this season, are a better team in Kansas City. But I think it's going to come down to quarterback play here, and I think Mahomes can carry him on his back and do it. He's just that team. He's just that guy. It's hard to doubt Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs win it 24-17, and they get his third, he gets his third ring uh, as an NFL quarterback in the league and as a Kansas City Chief. And if you don't believe me, I will say this. If the Chiefs win, and I'm going to say this right now, if the Chiefs win, I will wear a Patrick Mahomes jersey Thursday, next Thursday for the recap of the Super Bowl and the recap of the NFL season. I will wear a Patrick Mahomes jersey. I got one. I got a Kansas City jersey. I will wear it if he, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. If y'all want to see me wear it, comment below. Message me, tell me, hey man, I want to see you rock a, rock a Chiefs jersey and be biased towards the Chiefs, I guess. And, and, we're, and we can hate on you for being biased towards the Chiefs. I'm not being biased towards the Chiefs, but I will wear the jersey if you got if the Chiefs win the game. So I will just tell you that. If the Chiefs win the game, I'll wear the jersey Thursday. Guys, we're out of time. Big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, and leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, and all audio platforms. Just share around with others and follow on there as well. Instagram, X, and Facebook, all you have to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy, guys. Just type it in, follow, like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football on X, on Instagram, trivia stories going into today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday once again. Enjoy this weekend. Super Bowl 58 this weekend. Who knows what can happen? It does, we don't know. Mahomes hadn't lost much. We will see, but the Niners could take it. Who knows? But I got the I'm rocking with the Chiefs. You already know that. But let's see what happens. Super Bowl 58 this weekend. Enjoy the big game. We will be back Tuesday for a National Signing Day result show and a uh, where everybody stands after the 2024 National Signing Day. And we will recap that. And we we will recap everybody in. National Signing Day in college football on Tuesday. So until Tuesday, I'm Joel Norris signing off. Enjoy Super Bowl 58. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Guys, for everybody out there, stay the course. Mm-hmm.